0: Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneur's Podcast. Real people doing real deals in real estate and no fake gurus allowed. We bring you the best and the most real real estate investors in the space. They'll be showing you the good, the bad, and the ugly of real estate investing. Like, share, subscribe, get notified. It's the Real Estate Entrepreneur's Podcast.
1: welcome to the real estate entrepreneurs podcast today we have a cfo in the house mr david richter thank you so much for coming in yeah thanks for having me ricardo i appreciate you man yeah. so uh we before the podcast we had a pre-podcast conversation yeah. right yep. where we get we were getting to know each other a little better even though we've met before um at some of the events that we we were part of like the family reunion and sean mccloskey and all that um but it was—it's a, a very interesting conversation to have with you, because your services and what you do is not something that people pay too much attention to. Right. It often gets yeah. overlooked. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I wanna I wanna show our audience today uh, that there is actually people out there helping teams in the real estate business from a financial perspective, on how to handle finances and things of that nature. And we're going to get into that in a minute. But before we get there, who is David, man? Where do you come from? Tell me about your backgrounds. And I want to go back to where you grew up. Like, where were you born? Uh, Tell me a little bit about yourself.
0: So I was born outside of Chicago in northwest Indiana. Spent 27 years there. That's where I cut my teeth in real estate investing, too. Okay. So I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad in college. That's what got it all started. So, yeah, I love that book and started doing my own deals and doing some fix and flip deals, did a lease option right away. Really liked that. Then I started working with an investing company up there and we were, we took that company from about five deals a month, to about 25, 30 deals a month between wholesale turnkey fix and flip, you know, like anything you could think of lease options, rentals, like we were doing it all. And I got to sit in every seat there too. I got to sit in acquisitions, dispositions, project management, property management, finance, like anything that you could think of. And it was an awesome experience. I was there for five years. We did, while I was there, we did over 800 deals. So I, it was like a lot of experience there. Did about 50 of my own deals too during that time. So it was a, it was a lot of fun. Built wow. a little portfolio, sold that portfolio, then moved across the country. But that's where I grew up and kind of how I got started in real estate.
1: Okay. And so... All right, so let's backtrack a little bit. Yeah, let's do it. So you went to uh, uh, in Indiana, right?
0: Yeah, I was Northwest Indiana right outside of Chicago. Northwest Indiana. So um
1: you went to high school there.
0: Yep, went to high school, went uh, there was um that's where in Northwest Indiana there was a church that I went to and grew up in. I'm come from a background of faith and have great parents great uh, upbringing and they really grounded me and that's where I went to the high school and to the college that was up there a private college so okay that's where I got and started. what do you go to college for <laughs> I went for teaching so secondary education I really like teaching and I'm passionate about okay. sharing lessons with others and so even though I don't use the teaching degree as far as like an actual teaching job today I still like to teach and you know right. bring that me- bring messages to others
1: that's good I yep. love that I, I, I'm a teacher myself like, awesome. like but in in by heart. You yes. know, like, I love teaching people, yep. like, this is how you do this or whatever, or showing them how I did it. Um, I, I'm, I'm more of a coach today than yes. I am a teacher. Yep. Uh, because there's a big difference Huge. in between being a coach, a teacher, or a mentor. Yep. A mentor, sometimes you're a mentor and you don't even know. Because mm. somebody's just looking up to you. Right. And, uh, but uh, in between coaching and teaching that, you know, coaching is like, this is how you grab the bat. And this is how you swing the bat, right. but teaching is like, hey, this is how you swing the bat, and you know, and so it's yeah. different. The mechanics are different. So I love that you say that because you you went to school, so you got your degree as a teacher, uh, and and did you get a, a master's after that or it, it,
0: it was just you? no, it was just a four year education. But that was during college. I had a job that I was working outside of it, so you know, it was like get up, go to. The, to go to school and then in the afternoon, go to the work, you know, and like get four hours of sleep at night. So taught a lot of character during that time just because of the crazy schedule. But then from there is when, you know, I realized at that job I was sitting there, it was a machinist job. So like uh, making, you know, railroad, the sections of track that turn and Metal. I, exactly. I was able to sit there though, because it was like, at the end of my time there, I was just punching in numbers and doing that type of stuff and so I was able to just sit and read for a while because you could punch it in and it would yeah, run for like four will, hours, right? Will, will you
1: just babysitting the machine I'm babysitting
0: the machine pretty much after inputting the the stuff in there. And that's when I, you know, started reading very heavily about real estate. I'm like, I need to stop reading and start doing this. How so, old were you when you did that? Like early 20s? Or yeah, 19. Yeah, okay. so that it was about 19 when I first started that. And that's what got me started down the real estate road. Had a lot of time to to read and then start implementing. Wow, that's
1: awesome. So how was your first deal? Like, like, how do you come about?
0: My first deal was awesome. So I know for you, I know sometimes it's a horror story, but yeah, mine friends, was. Right? <laughs> I was going to say most people's is a horror story, but I, I had a lot of good people around me. I'll always say I like, this has not been the show, you know, my show growing up, like I've achieved a certain amount of success, but there's been a lot of good people in my life. Yeah. And during that time I had good people. So I went to someone uh, in the local area that, you know, found off-market properties or could find, you know, like a deal on the MLS or whatnot, because at that time, it was 2012, the deals were everywhere. Yeah. So I found a deal and bought it and then rehabbed it off of the MLS. And then it was a HUD foreclosure. So bought it and then uh, rehabbed it. Then I actually rented it first before I moved in there. So I rented it for a few months, got some cash flow because I really liked that. But then I got married during that time. So we, you know, we actually moved into that place and lived there for two years. And after two years, we found another house that we wanted to move into. And we lease optioned that property, you know, like after we were in there because of the... um, You lease
1: optioned the one you wanted to move into or the one you fixed up? The one
0: that we fixed up that we were moving out of. So we lease optioned that property Because uh, we had lived in there for two years and the tax code says if you live somewhere two out of five years, no capital gains. So I was like, yeah, this is this is great. So then we put the lease option tenant in there and he pays us on time. He's amazing. Six months later, he cashes me out and actually exercises his option, Oh wow! which was crazy because during that time. I was managing about eighty lease option properties with a company I was working with more, and like yeah, and like only two had ever really cashed out. So I'm like, boom, this yeah, is you a, get the one. home run, you know, like this is awesome. So that was a really, really good taste for my first that was my first official deal because oh. I like rented it, then did the lease option and then he cashed me out too. So that's awesome. Yeah.
1: And you know what? I'm I'm glad you actually um, brought up that point on how you got started and how what your first deal was because I'm a firm believer that what you did is what a lot of people need to do.
0: Mm, yep.
1: They need to go find that one where they can move in, fix up. You know, It doesn't have to probably be a full rehab You right. know, because like, <laughs> yeah. you need a place to sleep, a shower, and things like that, and the dust. And if you have children, then it brings other health concerns. But, right. but if you can find a property where, where you can go and paint, throw some paint in the wall, do some flooring do some uh, upgrades and and you can live in it for a couple of years and 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 a, and and take advantage of no capital gains and then you know start moving forward like that that that's like the perfect scenario for someone to get started because oh, yeah. you don't have to go and take on that risk of a harmony loan or 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 something that's high interest uh um uh, heavy rehab you know do it from top to bottom mm-hmm. which you might have rehab the property but I'm pretty sure you didn't rehab it like all at once right, you yeah. know you did you went on stages mm-hmm. um and then uh a- and then you were patient that that's another one you had you had you had to be patient to be there for two years yeah some people they just want in and out and they want right. to see that 40,000 check or 80 or whatever <laughs> So a lot of things came into play on your first deal that I'm that I'm that I love. Uh, number one, you were patient. Number two, you you kind of like put your money where your mouth was. Like, hey, I'm gonna move into that property and, and 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 upgrade it. And back then in 2012, you could buy a lot of those deals. Oh yeah, you could cherry pick them.
0: Oh, cherry pick all the time. You
1: know, HUD houses. Yeah. Uh, uh, the uh, foreclosures. Foreclosures everywhere. Try that today. Right? They're yeah. They're not out there. Nope. Um. And so and then. You were preaching at the same time what you were working with your team, which was the lease options.
0: Right. Yes. That's why I said, like, I've had a lot of good mentors, and it was just listening to them. Like, how did they structure this? How did they do it? I actually uh, paid the guy that was doing, like, putting lease option tenants in places to do you know the screening for myself, you know, for that tenant as well too, because I'm like, I've seen the headaches that come along with it. Because we had about a hundred uh, rental units with that company that I was overseeing at that time, and I'm like, I want a good process to get my person in there, so that way I don't have that the headache. And he did. He found an amazing applicant, and then, like I said, cash me out six months later. So I was like, wow. this is this is awesome. <laughs>
1: wow. So all right. So you went through that experience, right? Yeah. And then, um. How was your real estate career defined from that moment? How do you, how was your progress after that? Sure.
0: Like- so when I first started, I, well, I was reading those books, you know, at that other job. And I was like, I want to find a real estate investor near me, you know, like a RIA yeah, or, right. you know, something like that. Like-minded so, people. Exactly. Yeah. It, like-minded people. I was looking for my tribe. So I went to, it was a part, this guy was a part of our church. And I, you know, I said to my dad, like, Hey, do you know anyone who's in real estate? He's like, yeah, you should talk to this guy. So I talked to him and he's like, yeah, I'd like to, you know, would you start, you know, meeting with me and I could start mentoring you or whatnot. I was like, sure, I would love that. And so I met with him and I kind of worked for free for like eight months while I was still doing my other job and finishing up school, getting married or whatnot, and would work like nights, weekends for free for like eight months, just getting knowledge, getting info and then from there is when I came on board full-time with them, started with, that was when we were just starting the direct-to-seller, you know, marketing and whatnot. They had been doing a lot of foreclosure and, you know, just bidding on HUDs and whatnot. So I started and came in there into the direct-to-seller and getting that up off the ground. And from there was a five-year career of all these different seats and seeing it scale and Going from like five employees to like twenty five employees, it just was. And a this lot is of all fun. in Indiana, right? This was all in Indiana. We covered like five different states where we bought and sold properties, but our home base was right outside of Chicago.
1: And and when they were um, uh, doing all these deals in the five states, uh, they were full flipping or or rehabbing.
0: There was a lot of wholesale deals. A lot of wholesale. So there okay. were some pockets where, like Northwest Indiana and Southern Indiana, and like Chicago, we would do flipping. But some of the, like, we were in Ohio and Michigan, too, and not there. Would we flip as much? It was more wholesale deal. Wholesale. Yeah.
1: Okay. So you learned wholesaling, flipping uh, virtually, but because yep. I'm pretty sure a lot of those was virtual.
0: Yes. If you know Gary Harper, uh, yeah. he's he was a part of that team, and he was the Michigan rep, and he did all virtual wholesaling. He's like He was probably one of the first ones where I saw where it actually worked. He was doing about 40 or 50 deals with his team out of that one state you know all virtual and he had never seen a property
1: yeah that's what we do today Yep, we don't we don't smell the dead cat right or nothing <laughs> like it, it's it's crazy yeah um i learned that from nick perry though um uh, nick is one of the top guys oh, yeah. in, in the nation today we like yeah. nick a lot and uh, nick and i are friends and and i remember uh i, I used to be the belly to belly guy so I, I love the interaction with a seller like in person, because yeah. I'm helping someone move on, right? Yeah. But Nick came to me one day and said, man, Ricardo, you, you're you good at negotiating. You're good at querying report. You got to start doing that on the phone. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, dude, you got to get out of Houston. Because mm. I, I did it just in the Houston area and, yep. you know, surrounding areas. Yeah. Uh, and I said, Nick, I just don't see how you guys do this over the phone, you know? <laughs> He's like, dude, this is just a conversation, you know? Get on the phone, get some pictures in and out. And that's what we do today. But when well, he showed it to me once, he said, look, this. let me show you how we do it. And and I went to his office and he's like, you see, we just got a deal in, I don't know, Indiana. And, and I was like, really? Mm-hmm. What, how did you get that deal? Well, we just got some pictures in, we've estimated the rehab on our own and done. And that, that's all I had to see is just, I, I had to see, see it, it once. once. Yeah. And, and from there we took it and now we're nationwide as well. And, but well, that's interesting. So, so you did all of these with that, with, with that group of investors because yep. there, there was a group of people. Yes,
0: there was a group of people. That's what I was saying. Like the original five or six that were there kind of became part of that leadership team. And then from there, we were building out a team of 20, 25 people between virtual assistants and then people in the office as well, too. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. And so at what point did you decide to
0: move on? So there was a time there where there was a lot of alphas on the team. So there were some people that wanted to split ways or whatnot, and that was a that was a whole ordeal. But honestly, it turned out everyone's still friends. Everyone's still kosher today. But uh, Gary went out and started his sharper business solutions. One of the other partners split off and started his own business, and I was like, you know what? I want to you know my I want to take my rentals that I have now, I built a little portfolio and started selling them off. This was about 2017 or 18. So started selling those off. I'm like, could live anywhere now. So we moved across the country to live closer to family. You know, that was out there. I had, you know, married and had a daughter at that time. So we started another, you know, journey out there, started working with another investor out in the Virginia area, Richmond, Virginia. So a lot of good people out there, but I started working with Rich Lennon. And one of the first things there was like, Uh, I went in and wanted to see his numbers because, like, from what I had learned with the 25, 30 deals a month and having 25 employees was, like, sometimes you're making a whole lot, but you're not keeping a whole lot. You don't keep money. Right, right. exactly. So that's where I was, like, I wanted to see how it's going and see that, and that's kind of what gave me the financial aspect because that was one of the seats I sat in inside of that company while we were doing a bunch of deals. And I'm glad you're bringing that up. So,
1: and like I told you before, in 2017, we had a large number uh, revenue-wise. We didn't keep a lot of money. Yeah. Because our cost per acquisition at the time was like $6,000. Oh, wow. So, so every time we got a, a, a property, it was six grand. But it, okay, let's say I made 10. Really? Right. What what, what, did it, what was the deal? Like, what is the deal of making $4 million in a year if you're not keeping not even one? Right. So, you know, which in our case now, we have a 30% built in profitability. Awesome. That's it. It's 30%. Yeah. And, and yeah, I give it plus or minus, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, but. What is the point of making millions if you're not keeping anything right right? so I'm glad you bring that up because to me today, today, it's about how much we keep and not how much we make right like hey, let's say I only make a hundred grand in a year. Fine, I wish I can keep a hundred grand off that one hundred grand mm-hmm. and I would probably better be better off on making a million and keeping a hundred. Because if I make a million and keep a hundred, that means I work my ass off to right. bring that million dollars. Yeah, you know. And it's not the same when you bring a hundred grand. It's like man, a hundred grand is one deal a month. Right. You know. Yeah. So, um, you know, we focus now on that a profit first, like your book, right. here, which we'll be talking about uh, in a minute. Um, and and how can how can we be more effective with systems and processes? Which I can see that you're. That's your lane, uh mm-hmm. especially by c- coming from that school, yeah, that I didn't know anything about those guys and you, but yeah. now I know more so um so it's it's good guys that you guys are watching here uh this this episode with David uh we haven't even talked about the c f o stuff but we're gonna get there <laughs> in a minute. I can see why David now has his shit together is because he's got systems and processes is the first thing he's got in there. He learned it from a bunch of other guys yep. that were uh, are legit in the business. Yep. Um, and then you went to Virginia and sat on this guy's team, and that's where you started digging into, into financials, right? Right.
0: That was more where now that I had the experience, because when I was in Northwest Indiana with that team – basically for a year, I sat on the finance seat, like inputting the numbers, being the CFO, like knowing all that stuff. And like, I, and I didn't come from that background. So I sat with a CPA a lot and said, teach me this. Like it just, I want to know everything about. It. And then once I started learning, I'm like, holy cow, this is like opening up a whole new world of like, I get it now from marketing for the deal to when it closes or we turn it into a rental or whatnot, how the money flows in a small business. And to me, that was just very eye-opening. of like, like I just told you, like, why are we making all this money if we're not keeping any of yeah. it? And it was like very eye opening. So that's why when I went to Virginia, the first thing I said was show me your numbers. Cause the numbers aren't going to lie to me. You right. know, like you could tell me what you're doing, but I want to see that before I even come on board. Cause it was more of like become his COO or his like partner in the business. So I was like, show me that. So I, we opened it up and like a mess, like a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners just like they didn't have the, he didn't have the right people in the right seats, like putting the stuff in and what they didn't know real estate. And like, I couldn't read any of this stuff. So that's a kind of what opened my eyes to like, okay, I bet you a lot of other people need this. So we dove in like three months, we cleaned it up and then gave him the numbers. And like, here you are, here's your expenses. Here's like everything in the business, your revenue. And then he was doing fix and flips and he had a small portfolio of rental properties. And he was always asking the question of his team, like, where's all my money. And so with the book, Now that we had on his, you know, like that he could actually look at, he had only leveraged his portfolio at like 30% like where, you know, with loans. And he was like, well, I'm comfortable with like at least 50, 60%, you know, even on that smaller scale. So he was like, that's where my money is. Let me take some out. And he did. He refinanced several hundred thousand dollars worth and put it back into his business and was able to like be able to be funded again. He's like, this is awesome. Like I, I can now see my numbers and I was able to get this money out. He's like, this has been life changing for me that to me was like the spark of like, I know now there's how much untapped potential is out there mm-hmm. just with what people are already doing, yeah. like inside of their business where they could have more profitability, keep more of it, know where their money is, make better decisions. It's not just gut, you know, it's like now you're actually making that the decisions from the data, giving you more confidence. I'm like, this is awesome. So that's when I went to that owner and it was like, I need to start a company. I need to start a business to like help real estate investors just know their numbers and have someone who's comes from a real estate background and not necessarily the finance background to say like, but I know, I know both of those worlds to be able to give them what they needed. So that's kind of what started off.
1: That's awesome, man. So I, I went a similar path. I just didn't start a business out of it. Mm, because okay. my my passion wasn't that. Like yeah. my passion is not to go to David and say, "Hey, David, let me sit down on your team and and show you what could be possible with what you have." Right. And let then let's make these improvements. I was just trying to fix my own life. Yeah. Because I was going through a lot of uh, setbacks from the hurricane Harvey that mm. hit us. We hit, we we at the time uh, and my people have listened to this story. I don't know how many times, but. At the time, we were doing 47, 48 flips, and we were very heavy on our general contracting side. So, we were fully integrated. We had marketing, general contracting, acquisitions, dispositions, and rentals. So, everything, when a lead came in, it went all the way from being a lead to being worked on to private money to being one of our rentals. So. Or flips, right? But we were focused more on rentals because we wanted to keep properties for, you know, yeah. wealth accumulation. Yeah. Um, when Harvey hits, my general contracting team disappears hmm. because they walked overnight. There was so much work in the Houston area that I couldn't compete with paying what other, FEMA was paying. Sure. and all the, So I'm like, I lost all my people, right? But I, I started slashing millions of dollars on interest payments, Every month, it was two hundred fifty thousand dollars a month, just yeah. to be exact. Just interest, and I wow. was like, and this is month after month after month, and eventually I, I run out of money. Like money runs out, yeah. Period. And I don't care how much money o- of it you got, unless you're Jeff Bezos or somebody like that. But, um, so what happens when you start going through a hemorrhage like that? Right, you start looking at everything. Yeah. Okay, what can I get off that's mm-hmm. overhead? and that is not producing me money so i'm started looking at i started looking at things a different way so if i have an employee how much money is that guy making me not how much he's costing me and if he's not making me any money he doesn't need to be here yeah so we started adjusting all these things we uh, we actually we eventually let go of our building we had a building uh it was rented but it it wasn't ours but it was rented and that was kind of like our headquarters but that was five grand a month, man. And, mm. and when you're slashing that much money out every month, five thousand when you're making a million is nothing. But when you're not making money, right. it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> you know? Yes, it is. So I started looking inside and saying, okay, how can I how can I optimize what I have, relaunch something? I don't know what it what was what it was gonna be. It turned out to be a wholesaling business. And I hated wholesalers. Because I I was the buyer all the time. So wholesalers will bring me deals. And I was like, man, your numbers don't make sense. You don't know how to do a rehab estimate or whatnot. Um, But that's how I became a wholesaler. And now that I'm a wholesaler, I don't want to do anything else. Um, But I started applying the same principles. It's like, all right, if a dollar comes in, how much of it is going to marketing? How much of it is going to overhead? How much of it is this? And how much am I keeping, right? Mm -hmm. And... And but of course, we've, I flipped it because I needed to keep some to pay my own bills. Right. So I will bring in a dollar, pay my bills first. Yeah. And then, okay, I got this much left over for marketing. I got this much left over for overhead. So it's sort of kind of like same principle as that you apply. It's just that I had to do it out of necessity. Right. It yep. wasn't because it was cool to, to go through that exercise. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But that's when I realized that we were bringing a lot of money on revenue, but we weren't keeping a lot. Yeah. Yeah, we had a good lifestyle, and we made money. You know, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But now I make less money in revenue than we did back in those days, mm-hmm. but we actually get to keep more. Right. <laughs> you know, which is crazy. Yeah. And my life is a lot less easier and less stressful than it was back then. Yeah. So, you decided to start this business, right? Yep. Uh, to assist guys like myself of being a CFO. Like, you, now you become part of, a, of the, like, either the board of directors or you, you... Now you have eyes inside of a team. Right. Yep. How many guys have you helped since you started that journey?
0: Over 80. Over 80? So, uh, yeah. So, we've... We're close to 100 now. This is uh this is definitely a growth year. We've got 30 CFOs on the team, but we're helping helping a ton of people because from that conversation of like, you know, of that life changing conversation with him, uh, the guy in Richmond, Virginia, then that was when I said, you know, I want to start this company. Then I started calling mentors, and Gary Harper was one of them. And he's like, Have you ever read the book Profit First? I was like, No, I've never read that. So that was several years ago now, and so I. Took that book, opened it up, and actually I downloaded it and listened to it. The whole thing in one night and took 10 pages of notes and said, this is a great framework for being able to help the entrepreneur, right. business owner, manage the cash. You know, just like you were saying, You know, making sure that they take their profit first. So that's where we started incorporating that as well too. And that's where we've seen a ton of people just be just... Transform their mindset of I need to pay everyone else first. To no, we have to make sure that I'm taken care of and the business is healthy. Yeah. Then we can take care of the marketing and all this stuff to make sure that we actually have a business standing, even if it's the good times. Because we're recording this and it's great times right now. The, sh- the sun is shining, it's a bull market, yeah. you know, everything. But that's where it's like when those necessity times come to slash things, it's like if you're already preparing for that, you know, like you want to be keeping more now anyway, so you can prepare for those times. and you know, I love what you said too. You said, you know, I'm, I am making less, but I'm keeping more than I did back then. It's like, isn't that what we all want? We want to not work as much, yep. but keep more of the money that we're actually making. So that was like the driving force of why I wanted to start the business. Simple. That's Safe awesome,
1: Home. man. And I hope you get to help thousands of people oh, in yeah. doing that because they're, they're, we need it. Like, yep. you know, I had to develop my own lane cuz i didn't know you like right. I, I didn't know you were available yeah. right you know what i'm saying like and and we just got to know each other uh, last year uh for the first yep. time but um but i have no idea how many guys are out there that need your services uh that think they got their stuff together right uh because that's one thing oh no i know my finances i'm good you know money's coming but then taxes and then you know they they don't they don't have a bookkeeper or Um, like we just hired a CFO literally like a month ago. Uh, and, and now at least I'm not worried about that. Now I had to teach that person. Mm -hmm. This is how I run it. Okay. And this is what we're looking at. And this is what we're doing. Um, and there are, I would say in our community of wholesalers and, and real estate investors, Thousands of people, thousands, yeah, Yeah. thousands that need your services because we don't necessarily like the numbers. We we want (laughs) to flip houses and and contracts.
0: That's what I like. I said I keep referring to the bunch of good people in my life, and they always said find value, find where your passion is, and where you can provide value. And I'm like, we were even talking about this on our pre-podcast of like. This is an area not a lot of people want to touch. Like even if they are entrepreneurial or whatnot, it's like the finances, uh, that's not as sexy as marketing or sales or, you know, operations and automation. And it's like, yeah, but the finances help you get to where you really want to be. So that's where I was like, I wanted to implement this. And I know a lot of people, if you're listening now, you're like a CFO, like a chief financial officer. Like I'm way too small. We've helped people get off the ground just to get their numbers set up and Profit First implemented. We have that type of program too because I'm like this methodology and system and method is too important. This message is too important not to be able to help like any entrepreneur where they are because I I've, <laughs> I was talking with Pace Morby on our podcast, the Profit First REI podcast and he said if I would have started Profit First because we're working with him, he said if I, I would have started Profit First Like at the very beginning of my investing career, I'd have $5 million cash more in my account right now. Absolutely. Yeah, because it's just like building those good habits right from the beginning. So, yeah, we help people from the very beginning or if you're like Ricardo doing millions of dollars a year. So it's just too important not to keep under. And uh, what I love about the system, too is that it's built for entrepreneurs. It's not, this is not a system where it's like, oh, accounting and bookkeeping. Yeah, you have to stay in a box. Exactly. It's it's more. We understand
1: entrepreneurs move out of boxes all the time. Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
0: So it's like this system is more built for that entrepreneur to be able to manage the money from their perspective rather than like, Having to get the accounting degree and you know know those numbers like from a from that perspective, so that's why I love love that system as well. Too. Man,
1: I, I, I'm, I'm, tell me about the book. So, yeah, so for sure. So,
0: and show it to the to here. To I'll show it to the there. camera if you can if you're listening. To it's this, on Amazon, but, right? Yeah, it's on Amazon. Also at simple dot com. That's where we house it. If you want a bulk discount, I can give up to twenty percent on there. Okay. So that's profit first for real estate investing. Where Profit First, if you've ever heard of that book by Mike McCowitz, is it is it's a cash flow management system, very super simple and it helps you build good habits. But then I went to him after to the author, Mike McCowitz, about a year after implementing it with several real estate investing companies and seeing it work and seeing them actually be able to keep more of the money, you know, like do less deals but keep more money, and saw that it was working. So I said, you know what, your book is great, Mike, but real estate is very nuanced. Like we're asset based businesses and we're like selling contracts and we're doing those types of things and we're not, know, a typical, you know, brick and mortar right. business. So I said, would you be open to me writing profit first for real estate investing? Cause at that time I'd been in real estate for about eight, nine years and had seen hundreds of deals and now worked with hundreds of investors, right. you know, or different things. And now I was like, Hey, would you be okay with that? So yeah, he was like, yes, let's get this out there. I want to get this message to the real estate investing community. So that's where the book came about. And it's very, it's got a lot of stories in here about actual real estate investors at different journeys where they were just starting or people like ricardo so this works at any level or whatnot this is just a system to make sure that you know where your cash is so that's awesome I, I could go into the actual uh steps of profit first if you want me to but yeah let, I let's, just, do it. Let's, let, let's
1: talk about a couple of them so
0: the whole mindset is you already hit on it ricardo it is the whole we are fed a, a horrible formula. So we like our formulas, right? In real estate investing. Yeah. So I like the 70% minus repairs, right? Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, everyone's got their, everyone's got their formula. So we're fed a bad formula though, just as business owners, we're, it's sales minus expenses equals profit. Meaning I make a sale, I pay everyone else and their mother. And then whatever I have is, you know, my leftover profit, right. hopefully at the end of the year or something that I can yeah. take home. But that's where you get into trouble, like ex- like exactly what you were talking about. So that's why the profit first formula is sales minus profit equals expenses. I make a sale, I take what's mine off the table first, that's I it? take that profit off, and then I have to spend on the marketing and I'll to grow the business. Figure everything else ex- out. Exactly. So it's a totally different mindset but the whole system's about building good habits like that because we usually if we don't have those habits it's the other way we're paying everyone else and hopefully we have a little bit of profit there and then hopefully it works out at the end of the day but that's where that's this whole book and this mindset changes that whole script inside of our heads but then what i love about profit first too That's different than Rich Dad Poor Dad because Rich Dad Poor Dad and Robert Kiyosaki say pay yourself first and the richest man in Babylon says a portion of all I have is mine to keep like we hear that message if you're a real estate investor you're probably listening to that type of stuff or have read those types of books and it's like well that's great, but how do I do it? What are the practical steps? And that's where profit first says here, I'm going to lay it out for you, the business owner to actually be able to manage the money yourself. If you're just a small team, or if you've got a larger team being able to manage the money so you can still know what's going on. So the practical steps behind it, I won't give all of them. The first one though, is you need to know where you, what you need Figuring out your need number. Yeah. Like what do I need to sustain my life? You know what? I love that. I'm not
1: gonna pause that yeah, right okay. there because that no, that what you just said is so important. Yep. I so I you know, I, I coach people, right, coming into the wholesaling business, right? Yep. And, and 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 let's say it's you. Let's say David just came in brand new, no knowledge about real estate. Ricardo, I want to be a wholesaler. All right. are you sh- Number one, are you sure you want to be a wholesaler? Right? Because wholesaling is a whole different animal. It's, to be it's a rat race, number one. yeah, It never stops. You're always catching that next deal. It's like a yep. hamster wheel. So then you say, yep, yeah, I want to be a wholesaler. I want to be on the hamster wheel. Perfect. How much do you need to sustain yourself? Mm. Well, um, I think with $10,000, I can do Pretty well. So ten thousand. You need ten thousand to leave, bro. That's a lot of money, man. To me, ten thousand dollars is a lot of money. Yeah. I don't care how much money we make, but ten thousand dollars is a lot of money. Yeah. So you need ten thousand dollars to pay your bills, man. I don't know that you're gonna make it. Because ten grand is a large sum of money. How much do you pay in rent or mortgage? Well, my my rent is. $1,500 Fifteen hundred or two thousand. Now, now rents are getting a little higher nowadays, right? right? Yep. Because of what we're going through. Okay, so you got now two thousand dollars on rent. Perfect. What about your car payment? Well, I pay five hundred bucks, which is kind of like a, a, a across the board right now. is yeah. a, a, An okay number, right? I'm talking about a thirty thousand dollar car. I'm not talking about a Range Rover right. or anything like yeah. that, right? So, all right, five hundred dollars a car. So now you're at twenty five hundred. What about your insurance for your family and your Obamacare, or however you set yourself? Well, I need, uh, I don't know, 750 a month. Okay, now we're at $3,200 a month, right? What else do you need? Well, food. All right, how much do you spend in food? I spend $800 a month because we go out twice a month to restaurants and then Costco and this and that. Perfect, $800. bucks. you are at 5K. You need 5K. You don't need more than that. Right. Where (laughs) does that whole $10,000 come from? Well, I got to put some money away. I was like, no, 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 no. no. I'm just asking for the basic needs. Like, what is it that you need to make to cover your base? Yeah. Done. As an entrepreneur, that's where you got to start. It's like, dude, I can live today, five grand. That's it. Five grand. And, and, And I live well. I don't. I'm not, you know, uh, you know, I'm not living in a million dollar home anymore or anything like that. But with $5,000, I'm good. Yeah. I can pay for my children's school, my house, my car. Of course, I we don't drive expensive cars anymore, but we used to, uh but I learned the lesson, yeah. right? Um and and I can still put a little bit of money away for vacations with 5 grand. Yeah. And because you're bringing that point is what I want to bring it to the audience right now is that you have to, you have to find that 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 lane that that number. What is your, like, how is it? Well, how much do you need to make to pay your bills? Period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pay bills, not to get rich. Right. Yeah, ten thousand to get rich because you can put that money away. You can invest. You can buy stocks, buy houses, whatever your investment strategy is going to be. But I'm glad you're bringing that up because. You see, I didn't live like that for many years. For many years I had to make twenty five thousand mm. to pay bills. Yep. It wasn't to put money away. Right. It was to pay bills because the oil and gas business kinda like treated me so well, yeah, salary wise, that that I could bring that much money and I could live in these big houses and, and Mercedes and things like that, you know. And, top of the line, like brand new cars and and all that. I live the life, trust me. That's how I gain all my weight, you you know? But anyhow, I simplify my life in order for me to become an entrepreneur because of a setback, right? That was created by the environment. But most people coming into this business, that's the first thing they need to soul search. Yeah, It's like, what is the bottom line they need to pay bills so, when they do an assignment, they grab that money, they pay the bills, and they're good and now they have maybe five thousand or four thousand or three thousand to pay for rent office wise if you have an office which today you don't need one right. Um, right you know it's like we're we live in on zoom now it's right. thirty thirty bucks a month or something like yeah. that um and then you know marketing which is uh is a necessary deal like oh yeah without marketing there's no you're not gonna get the leads coming in or the revenue all right and that's step number one for you too
0: right yes that's step number one in the book making sure you know what you need because you need to know what that what you need to cover just like Ricardo was went into very very well because then I teach you the book too that you also I want to know what you want too Cause where do you need to start off with just to cover your base? And then what are your aspirational goals? Like where are you wanting to end up as well too? Because that's something that I think is super important that a lot of people don't think about is like, okay, this is what I need, but what do I want? Like, where am I headed? And what do, it's because this whole purpose is to reverse engineer. So that way, you know, how many deals do I need to do? How, what percent of that is of that deals? You know, like knowing exactly where you need to be. So that way you can say, you know what? I thought I needed to do like four deals a month. But I only have to do like one or two, you know, like to to have exactly what I need. So especially if you if you do two, like
1: two 20000 thousand dollar deals,
0: right? That's a pretty good chunk of change. That's a pretty good chunk of change for a lot of people. So that's where getting that first that first baseline of where you are. That's the second big step past that of knowing your need number. This is kind of the crux of the whole system. Where one of the biggest mistakes I see entrepreneurs just in general is that especially real estate investors is having one big bank account where all their money goes in and all their money goes out. And it's just a cash salad where everything's being tossed. Like, I don't know what's coming in. I don't know what's going out. Hopefully, you know, like today I have a hundred thousand. I feel like a king or a queen tomorrow. I have $10 in there. I feel like a pauper. Like where did all my money go? Not giving a lot of clarity or control because let's face it entrepreneurs most of us we look at the bank accounts versus a quickbooks account or financial software or whatever like just those words are probably sending like just people running and screaming you mm-hmm. know so it's like we look at our bank account so that's one of the biggest mistakes and because it also provide, it doesn't provide clarity of where the money is and lack of clarity equals a lack of control and confidence, Right, you know, in the business, in the money, in the finances. So the second step is to make sure we're separating out the accounts to know where are the different avenues that I want to be putting my money. So I talk about in here, I'm a big, I love movies. I love the big epic sagas. I like Star Wars, Harry Potter, that type of stuff. So like in Star Wars, they've got Han, Luke and Leia, you know, like always moving the story forward for good. And in your business, I always say that you need a golden trio like Han, Luke, and Lei. You need a golden trio of bank accounts to help you to make sure you win in the end. Because your business that you're going to be building is your epic saga. It's your story that you're wielding. Dude,
1: have you ever been to a millionaire mine intensive?
0: No, I have not been to one.
1: So they teach that. Awesome. They teach. They call it the money jar. Yep. So they put all these different jars. Yep. Where this jar is for education. This jar is for expenses this jar is for bills this jar is for investments this jar is so they and, and they show you how to balance that the money across all these different jars yeah and that's and that's why they call it the millionaire mind intensive is because that they, they
0: show you how to develop a millionaire mind you know because this is what wealthy people do yes and that's what i love about this book because it's geared towards you know the entrepreneur because those three main bank accounts you should have is profit owner's compensation and owner's tax, making sure you're taken care of. That profit is for you to take out quarterly to feel like, Hey, I'm a business owner. I'm actually have cash profit, not just something my accountant tells me I owe taxes on at the end of the year. Yeah. Then your owner's compensation, and then you get a heart attack. You, <gasps> exactly. Right. <laughs> Which is why you have that owner's tax account. So now you're saving, like you have do those two deals a month in wholesale deals and make 40 grand stock, you know, sock away some of that for the taxes that you're going to pay, especially if you're in the active, Right. You know, you're doing active deals like that. So that's where the owner's tax, but that owner's comp is now for you to take an owner's compensation, like a salary. Like put yourself on a regular rhythm. What do you need? This is where the need comes into play now of like, can I cover what I need with this account? And now I'm focused on that. So those first three accounts are for you, the business owner, to make sure you are actually keeping more of the money and making sure you actually have, like you said, you built in that 30% profitability that you're making sure that you're thinking about that first of making sure. And now you see it in practice of like, I just sold a wholesale deal. Guess what? My first transfers are to those three accounts. Yep. So that way I know that I'm taken care of and the business and the taxes are taken care 100%. of and I don't have to stress about you know, 100%. all that. So yeah,
1: that's how we handle it now.
0: Yep. And that's why I want to make sure that we get that set up. And then you already have your OPEX account, your operational expenses, you know, that's, what's already going out the door. So once you set up these accounts, those are where you get intense clarity of like, this is where I'm doing healthy, and then this is where we have to pay the expenses for the business. And you could set up other accounts too, but I wanted to at least get that out there because that is so important what we see is that people who thought like bank accounts, like that sounds like a lot of work or whatnot to set up or like a lot of work ongoing. It's like this is for you to get that clarity and confidence to make the decisions as the business owner. We didn't talk about financials here, like statements or no. like learning a balance sheet or learning yeah, yeah, a pro- yeah. Yeah, profit and loss. We're talking about your cash because everyone, no matter what, I, how many entrepreneurs, you know, like the story of like, they bring a box of receipts to their accountant, oh, you know, no. like oh, all goodness. the all that, the that, time, right? That really sounds horrible to me. Right, it does you, right. sound horrible to me, but we hear that all the time. So most people are doing some form of that or they've been at that position, but they were still managing their cash somehow, usually by just looking at their account and saying, do I have enough in this one account right. to like pay for this next marketing campaign? This at least puts more control in your hands to say, I'm going to start some good habits here, taking my profit first. So that way I can make sure that I'm not only in business a long time from now, but I actually have the profitability of why I started the company. Because picture it, like, because I tell people, if you think setting up a punch of bank accounts is too much work, okay, set up one account, call it profit and transfer 1%. Get into the habit of becoming profitable. Like see What the wealthy people do in order to achieve true wealth. And it is, it's just a portion of all you have is yours to keep. So at least do that one step to get into the habit of becoming profitable. I even do that for vacations, man. Right. Do
1: it. Like if I want to go on a vacation, like we're going to Europe next year. Awesome. I went and set up uh, from QuickBooks. So I use QuickBooks. Yep. So I I set up a QuickBooks account. Yep. And which I love, by the way, now, because it's like, it's in there and it's. Plugged in into the software and all that. Yeah. But I said, okay, Europe vacations. I need to have, I don't know, $10,000 to go to Europe to include plane tickets and all that yep. stuff, right? And every time we get paid, guess where I send money to? That right one to account. that account. And yep. That one account. And, that, and it starts adding up, 500 here, 500 700 you know. And if we close on a big deal, then we can send a little bit more. And that it's simple. See? And by the time it's like, oh, I got my money to go to Europe now. I don't have to even think about it. It's,
0: right is there. I love the visual picture that you're painting because isn't this why we got into business? Like yeah. what like most re- people it's either time freedom or money freedom. And yeah. you know how you do that? It's by actually keeping the money from your business and yep. being able to invest it in the things that you want to, whether that's travel to Europe, whether that's whatever it might be, because we've seen so many people implement this and now be able to take that profit and do what they want with it. Like, taking vacations, like there was one client we had where two weeks this year, he, he bought an RV and went, you know, across America with his family and had a blast. You know, and like, he's like, and he took it from his profit account. Right. It didn't touch his OPEX, it didn't touch his weekly pay, and he's right. like, I don't feel guilty about taking this out you know like he finally saw that end vision i had another entrepreneur too where he was able to he's big into giving because i think a lot in our circles are you know like once you get to a level you know like it's all about giving back you gotta give and so he's like a big giver and he set up an account for giving and he wanted to start a camp for like the children of his like church or whatnot and he was able to give like 35 grand from that this year, just to, just to that when he first started setting up these accounts. But like he said, I would have never even thought of doing this or whatnot. He's like, I just thought this was a goal someday when I was successful. And he's like, now this is what success looks like. Success looks like I can put that money away now, still have profit, still pay my people, still do the deals. But now I can put this away for like why I started my business. And it's just, those are the types of things that get just light me on fire because it's like, this is what the system can do for you. It can help get you to why you started your business. Yeah. So that's,
1: that's awesome, man. So, and you're right. Uh, It's just, it's just discipline, right? You have to be disciplined disciplined about it. You got to make money too. Like you got to make money. You can't really put the money away if you don't make any money.
0: That's why the first part of that formula is sales. You still have to have sales come in. Like you can't keep anything if you're not making anything. That's why marketing and 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 sales. The way way I I look at
1: everything in my, in my multiple businesses is how much like sales is number one. Always, always, and when and when something, uh, let's say, you know, on our on our wholesaling business, deals fall apart because they do. Yep. Right. And now my sales are not the same. I'm like, okay, how do I replenish that hole now? I start looking at the other businesses. Yep. Because now I can pull cash from other areas to supplement what I'm missing. You know, mm-hmm. but it's all driven by sales. Right. You know how many more VAs can I sell? How many more skip tracing can I sell? How much? Mo- you know all of these different things, like where can I go and make the sale? Okay, the sale because businesses will fail, guys. By the way, you know, and sales will fail some at some point for many different reasons. You might yep. get sick. Your sales uh, superstar might get sick, or they might quit on you, or they might go set up a com- competitor against you. <laughs> you know, like it happens right. many times, yep. right? Yes, indeed. So you have to have multiple lanes. In the sales process, in order for when one fails, you have failed uh, what I call uh, fail-safes. Yep. You know, okay, my wholesaling business failed this month because, trust me, it does. Yeah. Oh, I do 40 deals a month. Yeah, really, how many did you close last month? Well, like like you asked me earlier, right? Yep. How many did you close? Well, sometimes we close 10, sometimes 5, sometimes 2, sometimes nothing. You know, mm-hmm. like, because it, it just happens that way, right? Yeah. But overhead stills happens
0: right. right it doesn't go away it
1: doesn't go away uh unless you get rid of it. unless you get rid of it yep. but like the office i can't get rid of the office I, like i'll have a lease here and like this overhead is done like it's, right. it's happening every yep. month so how do you make sure that you have money coming in all the time you sell more
0: exactly it's that simple and that's where i feel like sales is number one but if you're making sales finance is right next to it because our goal in business is not just to make money. It's to create a sustainable machine that yes. makes us money sustainably. And how do you get sales back into the funnel? It's by analyzing, how did this come in? What are my best channels? And where should I be putting my dollars? So that way I can create that sustainable business. What systems do I need to automate? Where are you know, deficiencies you know, like that were just not being as streamlined as possible? So it's like, once we know that, once you have the sales come in, That's why to keep it, you have to have that finance piece. And that's where they're two totally separate skills, making money and keeping money. They're two completely different skill sets that, that... most entrepreneurs have the making money, which is great because like, that's why you have sales and you have a business, but that's where you need someone to make sure on the team that has that keeping this, the money skill set, So that way you can always have that sustainable business and watching your back too, making sure that someone is focused on your profitability. A lot of people have a bookkeeper or a CPA, but they're focused on numbers, transactions, taxes. It's like you need someone there that's focused on that profit. So that way you can actually keep the profit, keep the money money coming in so sales is number one and if you're making sales you need finance right next
1: we we um and you're right a hundred percent there's no doubts about it uh we one thing that we've been doing uh, that we did last year a lot uh was that we reinvested so mm-hmm. uh, we got sales we got money and then I'm looking at it like how can I make more with that yep Right, and not necessarily going and buying more houses. It wasn't about buying more properties. Like I, I don't even enjoy buying houses anymore, honestly. Like I'm in the real estate business. I'm a wholesaler. I hate being a landlord, yeah. so I, I don't want to be in that position to where I gotta evict people and this and that. I got a soft heart for that, and uh, for me, it's hard to put somebody on the streets yeah. on on on, you know, because they're going through tough times. But and and that's good to recognize too, because. Some people fall in the trap of, I got to be a landlord with a hundred properties. And then you find out you actually don't even like it. Right. You know, like that was me. Yeah. I got to 107 houses back in 2012 and I didn't like it. I hated it. I, I, I was like, what am I doing doing this? Mm. Like, you know, so I started liquidating everything I had. Yeah. Um, but i was chasing someone else's dream i bought into someone else's vision it wasn't my vision it was someone else's vision yeah they painted it so pretty that it sounded cool to have a bunch of houses right um but you know where i was going with this is that you have to recognize what is it that you want to do right like you know fix and flip perfect okay that's a whole animal you know managing contractors wholesaling managing marketing and skill sets because you have the wholesaler and the flipper are two different set of skill sets mm-hmm. you know uh and, and and also the landlord you know like they're all different lanes but one thing that i was looking at was even though we made less money last year which signif- significantly and and for me last year wasn't about making a lot of money it was about making sure I built a, a, a solid foundation moving forward for the next five years. Yeah. So I focused a lot on building that foundation. And one of the key things, and, and I'll tell you more about, which is something we were talking about earlier. Three years ago, I had a team, uh, maybe two, 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 or three years ago, I had a team. And it was all here in house. It wasn't in this office, it was a different office. And what happened was, because I have, I had everything internal, they had access to everything I had. So they had access to my data. They had access to my CRM. They had access to all my systems. And what happened was three of those guys realized what they had access to. They stole it. Mm. Okay? Yeah. And they kind of like went and set themselves up with my data, which it was hundreds <laughs> of thousands of records. Um, I could have given it to them. Because at the end of the day, still, not only you need the data, the processes, but you also need the skill set. Right. Yeah. They had some skills, but they their skill set wasn't to where they knew what to do with any of that. Mm-hmm. And what they did is they they kind of like damaged themselves with me because right. I realized what they did, and I'm like, guys, come on, you guys are thugs now to me. You're thieves, and you're creating by your name for yourself. Um. But I learned a hard lesson, which was, man, I, I got all, I had on my ex in that one office how can i segregate this so i went and started my virtual segregation and i transfer all of my records to my virtual guys like and i had at the time uh carlos is his name he still works with me he's kind of like my right hand guy um he was my it guy so but he's in venezuela and he built all of our websites and anything that had to do with a computer website uh, that kind of stuff, he handled it. So if I wanted a website for your company, I would say to Carlos, David wants a website for profit first and here's the, the, the information. Can you put it together and he'll go execute. So I went and called him and I said, Carlos, I need more of uh, your help, which is I got all this data. I need to house it somewhere, but I want you to look after that as well. And he's like, sure, that's easy. You know, it, he's an Excel wizard and all. Yeah. The guy is actually a computer engineer. So we sent all that stuff to him, and he started handling the data. That was the first time <clears throat> I segregated part of my process somewhere else. So now I'm relying on these guys to funnel the right data to me. And then I said, hey, by the way, I need you to now upload that into our call-calling system and our text messaging platform <clears throat> so we can run marketing no problems and they start doing that and then I go by the way can you actually start clicking that that button and do the marketing for me that way my guys here locally are just closing deals not lead generating yeah we can do that so we did that then I had another team that came up and very talented group of guys and I still I'm still in contact with some of those guys they were doing acquisitions and dispositions inside so but that was now what was segregated was just the data side, which was more my most valuable asset when it came to money invested, yep. right? Because I, the beautiful thing about data, you buy it today, but you can market to that thing for the next 10 years. Right. You reuse it over and over and over again. So I segregated that. Now, these guys didn't have access to this, but they still had access to everything that was going on, like mm. right? ongoing deals, Uh, the CRM, whatever deals were in the pot. And a couple of those guys tried to steal some of the deals that we had going. So I'm like, how can I segregate that now? So I went and segregated the acquisition side, and I opened up another office, which increased my overhead. But now they can only see what was on acquisitions. They couldn't see what was on dispositions. And then the dispositions guys couldn't see what was on acquisitions either. So if they steal something... They're only taking that one piece. Mm. They're not taking yep.
0: two or the three pieces, yep. right?
1: But this, this is where I'm headed with the story. So I ended up last year having three different operations, independent completely, and it worked perfect. Acquisitions from Miami, dispositions here in Houston, and then my whole lead generation and data overseas. Now... Because I have these things going. I have other friends that you and I have in common. They're seeing like, hey, they're asking me, how are you doing this? And I tell them, hey, this is I'm segregating everything. And by the way, I got this group of guys overseas that are doing all my lead generation. And that thing, I, my leads are just coming in on a daily basis. And they're like, can you help us with that? And these are these are supposedly my competitors, right? Yeah. And I'm like... I guess. I mean, you're my <laughs> friend, so I don't, I don't see why not. You right. Know? And for a long time, I overlooked this one team overseas that I, I neglected. Uh, in reality, it was neglected because yeah. I was paying more attention to the guys locally because they cost more. So, um, you know, financially, they cost a lot more. And now we went and segregated everything overseas, same breakdown, but now they're all overseas that has increased our profitability by hundreds of percents like mm-hmm. like it's the arrow i haven't been able to measure it yet uh because it's still fairly fresh fairly new but i eliminated the risk of data walking away i eliminated the risk of people stealing leads and contracts. Um, and, and I lower my overhead locally uh, because now we don't have an office in Miami anymore. Eventually we will give this one up and that's putting profits first. It's just that it happened by solving problems. I was just solving my own problems. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, how can I keep this safe? How can I keep that safe? How can I do that? Uh, so you know, I'm glad we're having this this podcast and this conversation about uh, how you help other people. Be that set of eyes, because in my case, I was my own set of eyes, right? And I was going through through some some uh, uh, struggles, and I was like, okay, I gotta adjust and, and, and move around. Um, and I love to 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 talk to you offline about how we can uh, deliver this message on a bigger scale, but in reality. Last year, we made less money, but it was the year where I believe we reinvested a lot more money into more processes and systems. Yeah. Um. And especially in products that we're going to be releasing in the next two months. Yeah. Texting platforms, skip tracing, you know, uh, things that we already have, but we're enhancing it. Yep. And... And our VA company that we're now, because that grew out of necessity by other guys and myself. And now I'm looking. That's a business that, that, that blew up on my face and I didn't realize I had. Mm. Uh, and now we have over 40 uh, VAs uh, working in directly and indirectly. But it was about that. It was solving problems. Yeah. Profit first, systems and processes, financials you know um i'm learning and and i can tell you more offline about um uh more about asset protection company and things of that nature because of a couple of things that i had to go through in the last few years um but what is next for david man like you're helping entrepreneurs you have 80 clients today what where do you see yourself moving forward in the next 5 years
0: so the next five years is I really want to keep spreading this message, you know, so I'm going to be speaking. I'm scheduled to speak a lot this year, but also we want to grow our team. We want to grow our our team of CFOs that we have on the team, and we want to grow to be able to handle about 400 clients a month because we've seen. We've seen how needed it is. For So many people and it's like, I have to get this message out and I want to see other people's lives transformed and like not stuck in the real estate rat race anymore. Stop living deal to deal. Stop not knowing what you need. Like, let's get you out of that. So that's the big thing over the next few years here probably want to release some software around it too. So I've got a lot of things in the works and in my mind, but it's like, I want to really get this message out a lot more. So to actually do like a profit first for you, that links to like your QuickBooks or whatnot. So it's like very much more integrated and giving you the reports, the things that you really care about as a business owner. So the things that will actually give you those returns, because everyone's looking for the right KPIs around money and their finances, marketing and whatnot. And I'd love to make sure they have something that's very easy to read and understand
1: that's awesome man I, I i'm curious about that yeah. uh we because we try i track everything like i was showing you on a, on a different platform yep. uh but something that's real estate related i'll probably be a user of it yeah uh, yeah most likely and and especially if you can integrate it with a crm
0: right exactly Having so you can see APIs. the whole
1: thing in there and yep. um david thank you so much for coming in today right. man i appreciate you i i think uh your message is, is, is awesome and, and, and you know I can see why I can see a lot of a lot of people using your services like probably if, if we would have had this conversation three months ago I would have been on board right away yeah uh, but uh, and the reason I don't is because I have my own CFO internally yep. now but um, but that's something that, that everyone needs even even some and, and, and by the way guys, if you're brand new, you've never done a deal you don't need that right now. You need it when you start making money, but at least you need a consultation to understand how you can move forward and set yourself up the right place. It's like talking to a CPA. Yep. Hey, do I register the LLC like this, or do I do it like that? So feel free to reach out to David. How can people get in
0: contact with you? One-stop shop, simplecfosolutions.com. Simplecfosolutions.com. That's where you can find the book, our podcast, how to work with us, and anything else that you might need from the Profit First and – CFO perspective.
1: Do you have education uh, like we modules? Have a,
0: not real education modules yet, but we do have a Facebook group that's pretty active where people are asking questions all the time. We throw tools in there and training and whatnot. Okay. So we do have a pretty active Facebook group for Profit First for real estate investors.
1: Awesome, look it up on Facebook, guys. I'm looking forward to see you there, David. Thank you so much for coming in, man, and and sharing your wisdom and knowledge about how to. Uh, how to profit first, and, and how to keep finances, uh, you know, on the right track. Uh, and, guys, don't forget to hit share, like, and subscribe. We will have the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Event and Mastermind attend growth May 27th, 28th. We're deciding whether we do it in Houston or Austin yet. Put it on the comments. Uh, I think it's going to be Austin is much more fun than Houston. Houston is not a, a fancy <laughs> place. Uh, Austin is. So I'll see you on the next one. Thank you.